Welcome to A Bun Dance. You guessed it, a podcast dedicated to all things surrounding dance. I am Kristen. And I am Hannah, and we are two best friends who are brought together by this art form. Please join us in five, six, seven, eight. Hi, everyone. Today we have with us Marcella Gomez Lugo. She went to school with us at Mercyhurst, and we recently saw on social media that Marcella has choreographed or co-choreographed a children's ballet called, is it Chocolat? Is that how you say yeah. it? Chocolat. Chocolat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Based on a book her mother published. And so we just learned about this and we are so excited to have her here with us today to learn more about it. So welcome, Marcella. Thank you for having me here today. Of course, of course. So before we dive into your latest work, can you just kind of share with our listeners a little bit about where you are right now and what you've been up to? So just kind of a general background. Yeah, so I'm currently living in St. Louis, Missouri, and I'm dancing with a professional ballet company called Ballet 314, which is directed by Rachel Bodie and Robert Poe. And the company is small. Um, it is Its mission is really just to highlight like the local talent and to collaborate with the community as well and so it's been a really good time um i've just met a lot of wonderful people that just want to make ballet like a better place and i feel like that's very important for me as well and so yeah so um i'm with the company as a dancer of course but i'm also doing choreography for it as well Very nice. And as Kristen said, we're super excited to have you here today, Marcella. It's been a couple of years since Kristen and I have seen her in person or really have talked to her over Zoom. So this is a pleasure. I want to next talk a little bit about how, I guess, how and when your mom published this book and if it's still out today and where it can be purchased. Yeah. So um, before I forget, so the book um, is available to be purchased online via Amazon. And so I'll be um, sending you the link for it as well. And so I, this is kind of embarrassing, but I don't remember the exact date when the book was published. I can look it up for you, but- (laughs) That's okay. um, I just, it has been not not a really long time, but it has been a couple of years for sure. Um, okay. Yeah, and the book is called Chocolat and the Master of My Heart. And uh, it's basically, it's what makes it really interesting is that it's kind of two stories in, in one. And so it's the same story, right, of the same dog, Chocolat, and the adventures that it has with um, the owner who finds her as a stray and, and all that, that com- comes together. But actually, um, the first half of the book is from the dog's point of view and then the other half of the book is actually the same story but from the owner's point of view as well so Ooh, that's an interesting perspective yeah that's really cool yeah that reminds me a little bit of I can't remember the specific books but I feel like growing up I definitely read some books where sometimes it would have like chapter to chapter would switch off yeah um with like the narrator's perspective and everything I always remember really liking those books so that's really cool yeah um the and I, I think also what's what's kind of interesting about it as well is that you know each character has its own 
feelings and, and, and emotions. And so it's been it's actually really cool to be able to read it, um, to have to like experience the dog, the um, pet's point of view, right? And then the human's point of view, which at the end of the day, you, you realize it's quite similar anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So was this book around when you were growing up, Marcella, or was it like something that just came out more recently? Um, I remember um, she wrote it um, a little bit while I was older. I No, the reason why I asked, because I think it would have probably a very different feeling for you if you read it as a young child versus an adult. I bet you have you would have a different perspective so that's why I was just curious yeah well actually um so it's first edition right the first time it was ever published it was in 2014 um and so that was when I I believe that's when I graduated high school yes so I wasn't young young but I was a lot younger than I am now um and then it was um re-edited and published again with the second edition in 2019 and so um, that's just like two years ago, right? So um, I think um, as everything, I feel like as I've gotten older, I've learned to appreciate more of um, my parents' work as well, so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I guess going forward a little bit more about, you know, what the book's about, can you talk about the plot? Like how... How was your mom inspired to write this? And what is it about the, the book itself? Yeah, so this is like the best part about the story is that it's actually based on real life and real events. Um, and so what happened was my mom, uh, just like in the book, it, it's very um, detailed, uh, correct to like real life. Um, my mom, just like in the book, she had left for a weekend out to take care of her parents who live in the in what you would say like the countryside of Puerto Rico yeah and so um she left for the weekend and when she was there as always she always took like runs she's a very active person and like a very um sporty person as well and so um after she arrived to, to their house, which she t- really stays for, for like a whole weekend. Um, she went on a run and this is, you can imagine, um, it's an area that has like, I say like farm area, right? So it has like cows and it's a very like lively and um, free area with like big spaces and stuff like that. And so um, she went on a run and then she saw like by the end of the road, she saw like this brown looking animal and she didn't really think what it was. Like she was kind of confused with what it was. And then as she came across it, she discovered that it was this dog, right? And this puppy, um, this like super brown chocolate um, lab. Yeah. And so basically that's how it all started. And as in the book, she, the dog and her kind of like have some interactions where, um, and I remember my mom telling me this afterwards when she called me, she was like, well, you know, I, I wasn't, I, I, well, she is a huge 
animal lover yes and like she loves animals and I always grew up with her taking in strays like that was a very like normal thing um and that can be like like dogs cats lizards goats like anything right um and so yeah so just like anything that needed care and love in the moment she would uh rescue it but anyway so um I remember that she called me and she was like you know I I wasn't sure what to do so I decided to keep running and she was like and in my head I, I I was thinking you know if this cute dog can keep up with me in my run then we're kind of like meant to be right and so um the dog it was well it is still right um she was a puppy and so she was super excited and clumsy big head (laughs) big paws right and so yeah and so um they she and a dog ran until the end of the road then she ends up asking a neighbor like is this your dog you know do you know of anybody that owns this dog and the neighbor is very um non-concerned and it's like no that is just a stray that has been eating in my trash (laughs) so um clearly it was just a stray that nobody really cared for and that's how like this story started and so she took the, the the dog back home to my grandparents house and afterwards um she was gonna visit some friends at the beach and so she did she took dog to the beach and of course this is like the first time that a puppy is like seeing sand and seeing water so you can imagine like it's a it's a really enriching like story with really cool visuals and 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 details and long story short that that was it and then she just um they went to the vet afterwards during that weekend and then she finally came home and then my mom's home just became her home forever yeah it's it's really sweet (laughs) yeah thank you for sharing that with us and I think that that's really special and cool that it like you said drew from a personal experience of hers so really cool and quick question is the dog's name chocolate yeah like real life that's her name yeah um it's kind of actually it's kind of funny um just you know with all of our cats with our dogs and everything every time we had a pet um she my mom would have this habit of naming them after food or after like a good smell um so yeah so it's just like a thing that she likes to do yeah <laughs> so cute adorable it is oh so now switching gears and talking a little bit more about the ballet now that we've learned a little bit about the book itself what was the process like getting this approved to create a ballet? So how did you kind of go about making this happen? Yeah, so um, it was interestingly enough, um, an idea that my mom had always always kind of um, pushed forward to. She just had this feeling that like, she was like, you know, I made this book and it had good reviews because she was able to take the book in Puerto Rico and take it to schools and have children like read it and like and then like get to know the actual real dog and everything so you know so she she had all these years of um branding the book and promoting the book right 
Um, but still, she thought that like there could be way more done with it. And so it wasn't until last year when I, you know, I was also thinking, you know, like I want to start creating work as a choreographer. And, and I was like, but I want to start with something that has kind of like a personal um, story behind it. And then my, my mom and I were talking and I just kind of wrote this proposal. So I literally wrote an email to my directors and just like a one page proposal of like, you know, my mom has this book and um, I, I think we can make a really good collaboration. And also I had in mind the fact that Ballet 314, the year before that had actually premiered their first children ballet. And so I kind of knew that they were had some kind of interest in that area of, right. of work. So um, I'm just a very uh, assertive person. I just wrote this proposal and I was hoping for the best. And to be honest, I, I was honestly thinking like that this could be done in like 2026. Like I had no idea it, this could be created now. Um, mm -hmm. So um, close in time. And so, yeah, I wrote the, 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 the proposal and my directors read it and they just told me, yeah, I think it's a good idea, but let's just wait until the next season um, because they typically um, like to have children ballets premiere in the spring and not in the fall as it's more of like a, you know, it's a more joyful time. <laughs> so, um, and yeah, and then after our fall, season ended um they just kind of reached out and we're, and we're like well we're ready to start rehearsals whenever you want and I was like okay so it was kind of a good conversation and a good um start up that way yeah that sounds like a rather smooth uh process of getting approved and everything which is wonderful and love the go-getter the initiative yeah. and yeah, all of that great great <laughs> Yeah, love that. Love that for you. I think that's just a super fun way to go about something. You know, you never know really what's going to happen, but you sent this proposal and they ended up liking it and they were like, well, we can't do it now, but we can do it very soon. And now it's happening. Now it's a thing. Have you finished choreographing or is it in the process right now? Um, we're, I actually, so kind of speaking, yes. Um, so it's me and Rachel Bodie, who is my director. Um, she and I have been co-doing the, the choreography and it's basically done. It's basically done. Is we're she the dog in the picture? Uh, no, she's not. That's a, yeah. <laughs> I was just looking it up. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so but, uh, the, Right now we're at the stage where it's basically done. We just have a few little holes, right? Like a few, like a few little holes to fill. Um, that's a, more about transitions and making sure that it fits with the narration. But yeah, but we're very close to being done and I'm very excited, excited to see like the final um, creation, so. Awesome. And do you want to just talk about a little bit more about the choreographic process itself? Like what went into that? I know everybody handles this so differently and 
whether it was a big challenge, doing a story ballet, if that's yeah. different from, it sounds like what you're used to, just all that good stuff. Yeah, so um, I think, so me personally, as a choreographer, I've always been story driven. Um, so in that sense, it was kind of easy for me just because I, I enjoy working that way. However, um, something that I haven't mentioned or maybe not have gone into as much is that the, the ballet is completely, uh, has a complete narration of the actual book. So it has an actual script that my mom and I made. And so it obviously, it couldn't be exactly like the book because um, especially in Spanish, uh, things kind of, sentences appear, sound way longer than what they actually are. Yes. And so um, we did have to, and it, it took us quite a while. So me and my mom and, and Rachel, of course, we kind of took a long time to create the script because it has to be a script that could be easily um, followed by dancers and followed by children, which is like what's really important. And so we also have to change some of the language um, to make it more easily comprehensible for an audience of all ages, right? So like, it doesn't matter if you're three years old or 85, just be easy to, to understand. And so that was actually, before we even choreographed anything, we had to create a script. And so once that script was prepared, then we could have like a rough drafts um, recording of it. And also, and also like the script is in Spanish and English. So every sentence is said in English and then it's said again in, in, in Spanish as well. So that comes with its own <laughs> difficulty yeah, as, sure. yeah, as you know, something that you wanna um, express right away, you have to, in the in with movement you have to kind of delay it so that it can fit with both sentences at, at, at the same time without um missing a beat um so yeah so way before choreography and costumes and ideas and characters we have to just think about a script and so um afterwards it's actually been a really learning and um interesting experience as uh, Mia and Rachel, my director, I think we both have different choreography um, processes. So I'm the kind of person that I kind of need to choreograph before I come into the studio. So I need to have an idea of like, okay, am I gonna come to the studio with eight counts, 16 counts, 32 counts? Like I need to have something because I just fear sometimes that I just take too much time creating movement in the spot, right? So that's just how I personally work so far. But Rachel, who is obviously far more experienced than I, um, she is very talented and she is able to just create movement on the spot, right? So it has been like a good learning experience from both sides on how to collaborate that way. And so, um, I think the sweet spot has been that 
we, um, like for example, like on a Monday uh, evening, we talk, okay, for this week, um, we're gonna work on, for example, these two scenes. Can you create 16 counts for the scene? And then once we're there, we're gonna change it up and add, you know, cannons and textures and everything. So yeah, so um, choreography wise, I think it's been a really, um, it's, it's been fun, it's been challenging, but also easy just because I have uh, just really good people to work with, so. Yeah, that's super important. You know, I, I truly believe that if you have good people in your circle, it makes the process that much smoother. So I'm really glad to hear that you're able to have such success with Rachel and with this creation of the ballet. And also, I'm sure it's just such a exciting thing for your family as well to have your mom's story be told through movement. Is she really excited about it? And is the rest of your family also? Yeah, she's actually really excited. Um, I would say she's almost a little bit like she's very eager to see the actual finished process. And she's like, oh, like, can I see videos of rehearsal? And so I'm more of, of like, okay, let me send your video once it's like clean. <laughs> Just cause you know, I like to like show um, clean work, but yeah, they're super excited. Um, both my parents, my mom and dad were able to actually see part of our rehearsal process in the beginning so that was really encouraging to see as well um and I think overall like you said it's just a, it's a very good moment for our family as well as like you know we are a family of artists and so artists don't always get the recognition that they deserve so I'm just really happy that from my part and from my experience that I, I can kind of um kind of share how talented my mom is too so yeah absolutely oh I love it yeah I can just hear like I can hear like the pride and <laughs> yeah like, it's great it is great it is really great well on that note I think this is a good time to take a short break but thank you so much Marcella and we will be back shortly thank you here's a word from our sponsor Alrighty, so we are back. You kind of answered this before, but especially with the bilingual, bilingual, excuse me, narration, it seems like a wonderful opportunity to bring more cultural diversity to both ballet and children. Have people been very receptive to it so far? What are your experiences so far with that? Yeah, um, so far, I think people have been receptive and also very um, curious, I think for sure. Um, I, it was very important for me to keep the integrity of where, of where the story happens in the first place, which is the reason, which I'll probably talk about more later, but it's the reason why, um, all of the music is done by Puerto Rican composers, all four of them. And so that was all on purpose, um, because I think you know, yes, the story could be powerful still and, and, and could still be heart pulling if it was, you know, here in St. Louis located. But I think what adds that spark and that magical um, sense of it is also that it's, an, it's based on Puerto Rico, which is an, a 
island that just has so many things to talk about and so many things to discover and it has a lot of talented people in it as well and so that was the the main purpose to why I decided to keep that and to um to find uh, composers that were Puerto Rican and that could have work that would be um, available to use um, for us as well. And and yeah, and like like you mentioned, I think especially for me, um, making sure that the stories that I tell with my choreography are diverse is very important as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I think also that's something that Ballet Three and Four is also doing pretty well is that we really, um, as a company, I, I do see like the goal of just not just telling the same stories all over again, but even if it's a story that people know about, it's um, crafted a little different so that it's more accessible for, for the audience as well. Yeah, that makes a lot, a lot of sense. And I almost think that you know, you want to make it authentic to your culture, where you came from, and to pay tribute to your mom's story. So I think it's it's so true that like you wouldn't want to just have it based in St. Louis because it's not where the story took place, right? So it makes a lot of sense that you would want to create it from where it was planned out, where it began. And just having the Puerto Rican composers too, I think also is a great choice because you're paying again, owed to your mom, owed to uh, Puerto Rico, and it's also allowing the audience as well as the dancers and for anyone else that is seeing the ballet or reading about reading the book to, you know, give that sense of culture and a little Yeah. Sorry, Kristen, what? <laughs> oh, no, sorry. <laughs> uh, I just said, yeah, a little taste of the culture that's yeah I was thinking the same thing yeah. yeah um yeah and I think it's also important that um that kids you know I I another so when basically when going back to the first question but when I wrote this proposal and when my mom you know talked to um the the company and the board it was important for us that um, that the story was avail easily available for all children to see. Um, we said things, but also the, the idea that ballet, that to be a good audience of ballet, that you have to be of a certain social class or live in a certain area. And I, I think that's wildly wrong and we need to change that. And so um, that's one of the reasons why actually a lot of our performances of chocolate are actually free to the audience um, because it's very important for us that anybody can see the story and that anybody can um, not feel like they have to buy a ticket to enjoy it. Um, so that's important for us as well. Yeah, and you know, art is such a beautiful thing. I mean, this is also my bias and personal opinion but I believe that like everyone should be able to experience experience that and I think that's super great it's like you're breaking boundaries in St. Louis those those 
old traditional <laughs> ways that we've seen ballet you're kind of breaking those molds and I think that's important and that's hopefully what other places will do across the country too because everyone should be exposed to art and to ballet and to dance and it's a yeah it, it shouldn't be isolated to one group of people I I like that yeah and um that's also the reason why I well that we brand this as a ballet like it's not just like a any dance show or as any theater show but as a ballet just because that word just comes with so many um, yeah exactly just comes with so many like ideas of what it should be so I think it's gonna make like a good um surprise for for some people to to see what it's actually what it could actually be mm -hmm. yeah breaking those stereotypes a little bit I love that so this might be kind of hard to answer and perhaps maybe you won't even know this yet until the final product is put out there um, or it might just change between now and then, but what is one of the biggest like lessons or takeaways from this overall experience for you? Um, I know, I, kind of a hard one. I know it's, yeah, I, I'm just trying to think, well, I, I just, I don't know why this came to my brain. This might be, I, I, I might say something else later, <laughs> but the idea of like, you don't have to, you don't have to, um, that you don't have to suffer for your art is important. I think just because, you know, before I wrote the proposal, I was actually very, I was nervous because I was like, you know, I've never created a children's ballet, especially a 45, minute show right I, 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 I've never done this and I just had an idea that it was gonna be even though I had I have a lot of um great support and, and a great team of dancers that I can use and of mentors that can guide me and directors that can give me advice I was just thinking that it's not that it was gonna be really hard I was gonna just think that it's gonna be like exhausting and just like a, a really hard process and while yeah we have those days where we're all like, you know, mentally tired. Um, I think that I've learned that if you are, are really passionate about what you do, like the work does go quicker and smoother. So I think that's very important. I think also things that I have learned throughout this process is, um, is to be okay with changes and to be adaptable. And but also to be very confident in your vision, because if you want something to look a certain way because you think it's gonna make the story better, then definitely stick to it. Um, you know, I think that's very important. And and overall, just the idea of true collaboration. I I've also learned a lot from um, Rachel um, about that, just because you know, like putting on a, a ballet, yes, it, it involves choreography. Yes, it involves getting dancers and, and rehearsal time, but also has a, a lot of admin work, right? And a, a lot of work into promoting it, a lot of work into creating flyers and ads and 
creating contracts for your musicians, a lot of work into um, keeping the work alive by applying for grants, by, uh, you know, so I, I think I've just learned a lot um, about how to, to actually create like a long lasting work that can be redone again in like later seasons. And I feel like that is a really invaluable experience that I'm not a lot of people get to do. Um, Cause usually it, if you get hired to choreograph a piece, you put it on, on the dancers and leave, right? There's no, you don't really have to think much about, I would say besides music selection and costuming, you don't really have to think about, you know, finding a venue. And so like, yeah, just, I think it's just been a, a really good learning experience about how to work with, other people while keeping your vision true. Ah, thank you for sharing that. And in terms of bringing the ballet back, like you said, are you looking to keep Chocolat as solely a ballet 314 production or are you hoping to maybe restage this or allow schools or companies to perform it elsewhere? Yeah, um, I haven't really thought, thought about that yet. Um, I do think it's going to live within ballet three and four for quite a while. Um, and also just because um, we haven't, well, uh, the company itself has interest of it being like a permanent piece in their repertoire. So I, so I feel like that's really important as well. How, however, I do, you know, I, I do foresee some future collaborations where like this ballet could be taken, you know, somewhere else to be presented. Um, but so far, at least for now, it will stay within the company, but we're definitely trying our hardest to brainstorm into how it can be um, branched out and, and, and also have an audience that, that's not just um, St. Louis, yeah. Cool, <clears throat> and uh, something that just came to mind right now, are you performing in this ballet, Marcella? Are you getting to dance? Yes, I am getting to dance. I was just wondering um, the same thing. <laughs> I I will be playing my mother. <laughs> so um, oh, I love that main character with the dog. Yeah, it's it's really been fun. Um, also, that's another thing that I've had to deal with is to choreograph and also be a main character in in a piece. And like I said, I've um done that before for smaller um pieces but this is a 45 minute show and um and the main character and the dog are on the stage the whole time like they never leave the stage basically so many, um, oh sorry sorry marcella go ahead <laughs> no i was just going to ask you how many people then in total are involved in the production if it's yeah because if it's you and the dog on stage the whole time yeah. i'm um, so it's a total cast of nine people and it is double casted. So there is another beautiful dancer um, who is going to be playing also my mom and there's another dancer for the dog just because it's always good to have um, double casting. Um, but yeah, so it's a, it, it's a cast of nine people. Um, that being said, uh, we have managed to... Um, kind of being able to turn it into a cast of seven people 
or if it's needed even less just because like the the main purpose of this is is it to be like a traveling show yeah so um we're able to kind of edit it in a way that fits whatever the venue it is that we are dancing in mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's so interesting i uh that's that's good to know i uh it's just um yeah, because, you know, you see something on social media, like we saw the the posts and I knew a little bit about it, but now it's like, this is all coming together. This makes sense. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and so um, just a, a quick rundown of the characters so you kind of get an idea. It's, so it's um, the mom, uh, which, um, or like the human, you can call it, right? <laughs> like the, the main human, the, the, the main woman, um, dog. There's also a cat, um, which is actually... Um, my mom's like first pet right so because before Chocolat my mom ha had a cat right so so there's a cat there's also the grandparents um, as well then we have which is my favorite part of the story um, we have this really nice um, beach scene and so where the dog gets to experience sand for the first time and the ocean and waves. And so what we have done is we have dancers dancing as waves and as fishes as well. So that's like really fun. Um, and so we have like a bet. So yeah, so it's like a full cast, definitely. Um, and I think, and the, the, there's also a tourist as well. So I think uh, like every single character that is in the book is in the in the story just like adapted differently um but yeah it, it's it's a it's a full cast and it has a bunch of like hard working dancers so I'm really excited for it cool all right and uh lastly if our listeners are in the St. Louis area and want to check out this ballet when and where can they see it yeah, so we actually have about maybe like five or I would say like around five events that are free to the audience. And I'll just briefly call them out. Um, but actually our main ticketed event is going to be on June 4th at 11 a.m. at 1.30 a.m. And that's at the Kirkwood Performing Arts Center. It's gonna be in a outdoor theater. So like people can come and like bring a blanket or or we'll have a chairs to um, to give as well. And it's gonna be like a really fun time. And that's in June 4th. But before that, um, the, the actual first premiere is gonna be on April 30th. And that's gonna be at the Spencer Road Library branch and yeah so I'll give you the the link but there's like a whole list of places and time where people can come see it and also lastly before I forget there is going to be a virtual streaming of the show as well and so um it is going to be uh, at first it is going to be shown on by May 14 yes by May 14 uh, with the St. Louis County Library online program as well. So that's going to be seen. 
but we'll also sh show it in the company website for like a limited time. Oh, so Kristen will have to check it out. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, if you send us that information, Marcella, we'd also be happy to um, share that along as well. So yeah. hopefully, um, so for other lis listeners, even if they're not in the St. Louis area, can witness it as well. That's so awesome. Yes. Great. Well, congratulations, Marcella. It's so exciting to see one of our peers do this amazing undertaking. You know, it sounds like so much work, but so gratifying, so rewarding. And the finished product is coming up soon. So yeah, we're wishing you the best of luck. Yes, thank you so much. And I'm excited. And I hope that people, the sites that live in St. Louis are able to see it once we have it online. Yes. Yes, congratulations, Marcella. This is so exciting. And thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk about it with us. Thank you. Mars, thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Abundance. We appreciate your support. We hope to have PK in your interest. Feel free to contact us at AbundancePodcast5678 at gmail.com and give us feedback on what you'd like to hear. That is Abundance without parentheses. Go dance yourself silly. Bye for now. A special thank you to Richard D. Fiore for our lovely podcast tune and Matt Mellish for our cover art.